Hello everyone, it's Adam from Oofrafoot24 with our second episode diving into the Euro Championships. Really looking forward to this one today. Those of you who listened to the Austria one recently, we're going into that our new qualifiers. It's a team that we're all looking forward to playing. It's one that I don't know so much about. North Macedonia. And we're really privileged today to have Alexander Zlatavsky with us from Macedonian Footy. Alexander, how are you? I'm pretty good, Adam. How about you? I'm doing great. Really looking forward to this and can't wait to get some insight into our uh, opposition in a few weeks' time. Don't worry, though, as I said to the Austrian guys, we don't think Shevchenko's listening in, so you can give us some secrets today. Uh, as always, though, got my great two co-hosts with us, Ray from Abalon Casual. Ray, how you doing, mate? Hello, Adam. Hello, guys. Great to be here again. Wait, looking forward to discuss the unique uh, national team who debuts on Euro uh, Continental Championship, North Macedonia. And of course, as always, Mr. Zoria Londonsk, Andrew. How you doing, Andrew? Doing very well. And yeah, I think it should be an enjoyable episode to get a deep dive into a side that Ukraine have played a few times in the past, but this is the most, the most important occasion that they've ever faced. So um, we'll, be, we'll be interesting to find a bit more out about um, our opponents. Now, Alexander, of course, you're the star of the show. Uh, what's the buzz in uh, North Macedonia at the moment ahead of the tournament? What's, what's the vibe like down there? Well, the buzz is electric. Everybody's excited. This is the first time we've ever made a major tournament. I mean, you guys, you guys are fans of Ukraine, so you can imagine the first time you guys made it. So this is something that I don't think anybody expected to ever happen. But thankfully, you know, we benefited from the UEFA Nations League. We utilized that route to get to the Euro 2020. So now everybody's excited. And in two weeks, we open our Euros against Austria. So everybody is just waiting for that moment. And let's go. Ah, oh, definitely, mate. I and we, we all can't wait. Andrew, then hand over to you, though, mate, because I know you want to dive in a little deeper. Absolutely. So, as, as you've already mentioned, you utilised the Nations League to, to get to the final tournament. But what has been this sort of surgence or resurgence or, you know, what, what has caused the new rise of uh, the North Macedonia national team to reach this first ever tournament on the continent? Andrew, I would say the main thing is mentality. To me, that's been the main thing that before the team would pick up some decent results. I mean, in the past, we would draw against the Netherlands, England. We would draw against, you know, Italy, Portugal. We've drawn in the past, but the team in the past, they would play up or down to the level of opposition. Now, the mentality is much better. Basically, the team, whoever we play, if we play somebody that's below us, we're going to take, take that test seriously and we're going to win. And if we play somebody above us, we're gonna we're not gonna be afraid going into the match. So I would say mentality is the main thing, and then also the talent is just much better now. We have players playing in La Liga, in Serie A, in the Premier League. So I would say talent infusion and also mentality just being much better. That's good to hear. That really is. I know, Ray. I'm gonna hand over to you, though, here, mate. Thanks, Adam. Uh, Alex, I've uh, been meaning to ask you the question, uh, has uh, the North Macedonian national team ever knew such a successful period before? Never. I mean, not even, not even that, but also in every qualifying group, we have never finished even in third place. I mean, we've never been in the top two, certainly never in third place. We would always finish fourth, fifth, or sometimes even sixth if we were in a six-team group. So basically, the team has never even come close. But over the past couple of years, in 2017, the under-21 team had a good success. They reached the under-21 Euros. And then after that, 
Many of those under-21 players got promoted to the senior national team, and they brought a winning mentality to the senior side. So I would say we've never come close to this, so there's no really valid comparison to this time. But I would say the under-21 guys coming up and bringing that winning mentality really helped the national team. They brought some energy with them, which was much needed to the veterans because I think the veterans were, were kind of beginning to wear out. So I think the youthful energy that was brought in by the under-20 guys really helped the national team, and it led to this point of reaching Euro 2020. Alexander, can I just go back go back one step here? I mean, you mentioned the Nations League. Just for our listeners, just how, what was uh, North Macedonia's experience with it? What group, what, what one of the leagues were you in there? And what was the process like for you guys? And what is the view of, t- of the national teams at that level towards the Nations League? Is it seen as a very positive experience for you? Of course, for us, it was a very positive experience because without the Nations League, we would not have made the Euro 2020. In the regular qualifying group, we finished in third place behind Poland and Austria. So if the regular, if it was up to the regular route, we would not have qualified. So the Nations League was very beneficial. And another positive about the Nations League is that when that started, we were at, we were at our low. I mean, we were in one of the worst sides in Europe, and we were in League D, which is the worst pot in mm-hmm. in the Nations League. That's League D. But UEFA, the way the Nations League was structured, even one team from League D was going to make Euro 2020. So basically, you're going to have one outsider get in no matter what. And it just so happened to be us from League D. So initially in League D, we were in a group with Armenia, Gibraltar. And that group, I mean, we actually needed some help to even finish first in that group because we frankly, uh, we were in a bad situation with Armenia. They had the head-to-head record. But Armenia ended up losing to Gibraltar, we, which saw us finish in first place. And after that, we reached the playoffs of the League D. And in the playoffs, we had to play Kosovo and then Georgia. At, against Kosovo, it was not an easy game. Many of our players are ethnic Albanian. Kosovo is, you know, they care deeply about Kosovo. So it was not an easy game for them emotionally. But that was a tough game. We won that game 2-1, hard-fought game. And then in, in the final, I mean, anything can happen. One game, play at Georgia. With the COVID situation, there was no crowd. I think that helped us because that stadium would have been electric if there were fans. And we ended up going there and winning 1-0. Goran Pandev scored the goal. So the Nations League, very beneficial. We also benefited from being in League D. If we were in League C, League B, we likely would not have made Euro 2020. And because of this, have you guys been uh, promoted up now? What league are you in for this sort of next cycle? For the next one, we'll be in League C. So yep. Okay, that's cool. All right then. Uh, Andrew, I know you're champing up the bit. Yeah, absolutely. So, Alexander, what's, I know that since that Nations League win, obviously, um, when you qualified, you've, we've since had World Cup qualifying, like an opening to that, to that campaign for the 2022 World Cup. And North Macedonia have had quite a good start, quite an unprecedented start, if you put it at that. Would you be able to talk us through how they've got on there? I think the schedule has been really positive as well. The first game was a very tough loss against Romania. We opened. It was a 3-2 loss. I thought we outplayed Romania. I really did. It was a very unlucky game, but I think the players were positive. Then the second game, they had a chance to rebound. We're facing the whipping boy in the group, basically, in uh, Liechtenstein, I believe. So we beat Liechtenstein easily. And then going into the third game, basically playing Germany, there's no pressure. I mean, you go into Germany, you're a massive underdog. You're kind of playing with house money. Germany has all the pressure. They're expected to not only win, but dominate. And you can kind of tell Germany was kind of maybe overconfident. They really didn't respect us. So we went in there, and that was a fully deserved win. If you watch the replay of it, I mean, Germany had like two shots on target. 
we were organized. They, they got frustrated, and then we caught them on the counter for two goals. So that was a game where basically I think Germany did kind of underestimate us. They didn't think we were that good. And we went in there and we showed them that we can play with the big boys. And I think that's something that will be really beneficial into Euro 2020 for the players to go into Germany and win at Germany. I think that's something that's going to give them a lot of confidence going into Euro 2020. Cool. So, I mean, following up on that, well, taking into the context that you obviously did the Nations League playoffs to qualify for Euro 2020, that would have been, if Euro 2020 had taken place last year, that would have taken place in March, if I'm, if I'm correct, or something like that. If we take that into account, so say if, you, say if the original um, playoffs w- had taken place in March, etc., do you think that this year delay has benefited North Macedonia overall? I would say it has benefited us because the way the the way the Nations League fell is our in the final we would have been on the road at Georgia so with COVID and with the delay that caused basically no fans so I actually think also having no fans against Kosovo was very beneficial because if we played we played Kosovo at home in the semifinal if that game was played with fans I would say half the crowd would have been on the Kosovo side because in Macedonia you got about 30-35% of the population is ethnic Albanian. They're more close to Kosovo than Macedonia and we have like five, six key players that are ethnic Albanian too. So it would have been tough on them. So I would say having no fans due to COVID actually helped us for the Kosovo game because it kind of kept away distractions. And then in the final going into Georgia, I think again, there was no fans and that's something that helped us out as well to kind of basically tune out the noise, focus on the game and just get it done. So I think actually the, the Euro 2020 being delayed and having no fans in the semi-final and the final really helped us. Well, at least that's one positive that has, you know, has come out of this year. It's, you know, as we've been looking at a lot of teams, it's, it's a bit curious one, isn't it, to see how teams have either progressed over these 12 months or in some cases regressed as, as well, which I know some countries are having to deal with those problems. I'm, I'm, I'm holding the mic here. Well, Gonna give it over to Rado. Uh, Alex, uh, one more for me. Uh, which style of play does the national team play? I mean, uh, the formation and the, you mentioned counterattacks. Is it a regular style of play for them or do they vary it in some way? They do have a varying style of play depending on opponent. Whenever we face teams like Liechtenstein, Gibraltar, teams like that, we play possession football, attacking formation, 4-2-3-1. Whenever we face good sides, and obviously Euro 2020, it will all be good sides. It's going to be a 3-5-2 formation, and it's going to rely on, on counterattacks. So basically, I would anticipate in Euro 2020 against Austria, Ukraine, and the Netherlands that we're going to play 3-5-2 formation, just try to be organized defensively, not concede many, and then try to catch teams on the counter. So I think that's going to be the philosophy. When you're facing good teams, you just – I mean, it's tough to score two, three goals against quality sides. You're, you're lucky to score one, maybe two, so you really can't concede that many. So you just got to be organized, just do your job defensively, do not concede many chances, and then try to catch teams on the counter. It's going to be tough. It is going to be tough. You've got me nervous anyway listening to this. Uh, but, I, I mean, help, help us out here a little bit, Alexander. I, you mentioned some of the – the top guys are playing in the Liga and EPL and in, in those leagues. Who, I mean, sort of a two-layered question here. Who are those big-name players? Are there any players in the squad who you expect this tournament to be maybe a breakout tournament for them? We're going to see them shine for the first time on the big stage. Good questions, yeah. The main player remains still Goran Pandev. He's somebody 
He's he's gonna turn 38 in July, but the guy shows no signs of slowing down at all. He's still very effective. He's still got that great vision passing. He's somebody who always seems to be creating chances. So Goran Pandev is always somebody to look out for. The players look up to him. He's a veteran. He's won everything. And just his presence kind of gives everybody else confidence. So he's still a guy that you have to account for. Then you have some emerging younger guys. Eli Filmas from Napoli. He's somebody, he doesn't play much at Napoli, but this guy always does well for a national team. And he loves the big stage. So I think Eli Filmas is certainly a player that's capable of having a breakout. Then you look at somebody like Enis Barty. He just had COVID, but thankfully it happened now where he's got two and a half weeks to get ready, and I think he'll be ready by then. But Enis Barty is somebody who's one of the best free kick takers in the world. When you look at his stats in Spain, him and Messi are the top two free kick takers. So he's somebody that you basically have to close down because he really packs a shot from distance. So Enis Barty is somebody to keep an eye on. Then you also look at another midfielder, Arian Ademi. He's somebody who was born in Croatia. And he actually wanted to play for Croatia, but they really didn't think he was good enough. So he came to play for us because his parents have some ties to Macedonia. And he's somebody who has really developed over the past couple of years. And he's somebody who just makes things happen. Goals, assists. The guy just always seems to be in the right place at the right time. He's probably our most underrated performer. So I would say Pandev, Elmas, Bardi, Ademi. And then from the defense, I would keep an eye on Velkovsky, the center back. He's somebody who's a very modern center back. He's a former defensive midfielder, very comfortable with the ball in his feet. I think he's going to have a huge year of 2020. Great. Thanks for those names. <laughs> a couple of them, as I say, new, newer to me. I don't, I Personally, I don't watch much apart from Ukraine, so it's it's always good to get some new names in my book to watch during this tournament. Yeah, I know Andrew's been champing all day with its uh, next question. It's been hot on the press over the last few days, hasn't it, Andrew? Absolutely. So I know that, well, what the day of recording this, uh, Alex, the, the new uh, Macedonia kits have come out and I've heard that there's been some disgruntlement and um, disappointment with the reveal. Um, would you be able to give us a bit more about that and sort of your own thoughts on the, on the new kit release? No, that is fair. Have, there has been criticism, and it has to do with the color of it. I mean, we usually have like a lighter red, like a typical red that you, that you see in the flag. This one, the red on the jersey is like a maroon color. It looks more like what uh, Latvia or Portugal would wear, so it doesn't really fit the red that we wear. I don't know if they were trying to do something different. Frankly, the design of it is fine. There's a lynx on the bottom, which is the symbol of the national team. That's fine. So I have no issue with the design of it. I just think the color is a, a darker red that, frankly, we've never played in. If it was a lighter red, I would have had no issue with the dress. So I think that's been the biggest beef in the country, and that's something I think they dropped the ball on that. What do you think is going to be the outcome of that? Sorry, I just want to follow up on this. You know, uh, is it is it set in stone? I mean, there's like you said, there's been a lot of negative press there. Uh, the kit manufacturer is going to get in any trouble? Do you think? No, I don't think so. I mean, a jersey is a jersey. Ultimately, you know, some fans may not like it, but ultimately it's all about how you play. So the jersey is a jersey. I really don't care about it. I mean, I can have my opinion and say, oh, I don't like the color of it. But at the end of the day, if the players do well and perform well, I could care less about the jersey. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, anyway, I'm quickly going to hand over to Ray. I know he's got a question for you. Yeah, thanks, Adam. But yeah, uh, certainly my favorite player from the North, North Macedonia team, obviously Goran Pandev, the living legend. Uh, Alex, do you think the tournament is going to bring us um, a new generation of Pandevs? Uh, I mean, after the tournament in five or next three or five years, the new generation of 
such huge legends from North Macedonia. Well, that is the hope. That is the hope that basically younger players can look at the Euro as an inspiration. One thing that is concerning on the team is we don't have a lot of players under the age of 25. I mean, most of our key players are 25, mid-20s, late-20s. You have some players in the 30s. The only player that you can say is a key player that's under the age of 25 is Eli Filmas, who's 21. He's the only one. So there's really not a lot of guys under 21, so under 25. So you definitely hope that you're going to see some added participation in football watching the team at Euro 2020, look at Goran Pandev as an example, look at what he's achieved in Italy, just kind of use that as motivation that, you know what, you can come from Estonia too and also have success in a top five European league. It doesn't matter where you start, it's where you finish. So I do hope that young players use that as motivation, as an inspiration, and they kind of follow to be the next Goran Pandev, you know. It's, it's always hopeful. It'd be, it's great opportunity, obviously, for North Macedonia to use this as a tool to encourage the younger the younger generation to pursue a career in football. But what's the general feeling, you know, what the general expectation back home? You said, of course, people are excited for it. What are the expectations for the tournament? What are, they, what are you, you know, hoping for? Yeah, good question. The, the great thing about it is I don't think there's any pressure on the players. And I think they're very dangerous. So the players are very hungry and they have no pressure. That's a very dangerous combination for the other teams because basically if they go into Euro 2020, they lose all three games in the group stage, people say, oh, that's expected. You know, they're an outsider. They're playing Austria, Ukraine, Netherlands. If they lose, they lose. Nobody expects anything more. But these players, I think, are a lot better than most people think, and they're also hungry. This is the first time any of them are going to be on the big stage. So now you're going to have big scouts watching. These players dream of playing you know, in bigger leagues, we have a lot of players. I mean, we have some players who play in Serie A, La Liga and all that, but we have a lot of other players who play in Croatia or play in Hungary or play in, like, lesser tier leagues across Europe. So those are players who want to make a statement for themselves and their family. So these are players that are very hungry. These are players who are very motivated. I have no doubt that they're going to give everything they have. So basically, there's no pressure. If they do great, great. If they don't do great, just reaching Euro 2020 is a great milestone. So basically, I think they're in a good position. They can just kind of play with house money. And I think that's a good position to be in. Uh, say, Alexander, I want to wish wish you, of course, the best of luck for, for the tournament, except at 4 o'clock on the 17th of June, of course. We will, we will be cheering Ukraine there, believe it or not. But for the rest of the tournament, we do hope you enjoy it as much as possible. Uh, just before we go, though, one, one final one for me. Obviously, uh, you're from Macedonian football, and uh, it's it's one of the longest-standing uh, football sites, football uh, outlets on well, on Mas- not only on Macedonian football but football in general. How did it how did it all get started? What's what's behind? What was what was your inspiration to get that that all going over there? Well, for me, I've always been a football fan. I'm a, I'm a sports fan in general. So I was I was actually born in Macedonia and I lived there till, till I was 11 years old. And, and since then, my family immigrated to the United States. So I'm now in the United States. And as far as the website, I'm not the founder of the website. That's something that I started writing when I was in college. So that was about a decade ago, where basically I, I would visit the website every time and I would go on the forum and forum I would, I would uh, meet the founder of the site and and that's how I started writing on the site. And eventually I became basically the manager of the social media on Twitter, Macedonian footy. So that's really how it started. I began writing when I was in college. I met the founders through a forum on the site. And after that, I just 
just continued writing on social media with a Twitter account. And that's mainly what I do now is just focus on Twitter because I have a different job that has nothing to do with sports. Uh, fair enough. Uh, are there any other outlets where people can connect, connect, with, uh, connect with you? You mentioned Twitter there. What is the Twitter handle for people listening at home if they want to jump on your, your Twitter handle? It is Macedonian footy. Macedonian footy. At Macedonian footy. Are there any others like, do you have Instagram or anything like that? We have Facebook. Facebook and the website. So Facebook, Twitter and the website. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. Well, say thanks so much, uh, guys. Just no repeats of the Germany victory and we'll be <laughs> against Ukraine, and we'll be all good. I, 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 th- I think, yeah, Ray and Andrew, I think you're like me here. When you saw that result coming, you're like, you're thinking, whoa, okay, this is, this has taken on a whole other level of seriousness now. That was such an impressive result. It must happen again against Netherlands. That'll be good for us. <laughs> please do, please do, Alexander. Ray, thanks as always. It's been great to have you with us. But for people listening, new listeners, what, what are your social media handles? Thanks, Adam. It's a pleasure as always. For me, it's Instagram or Born Casual. And of course, Andrew, same, same over to you. Yep, Zoria Londonsk on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, I'm Adam at Ukafot24, and this is the second of our three dives into our, Euro, our group stage opponents for the Euro 2020 Championships. But till next time, guys, take care and stay safe.